was six years old, I had my first love affair. Yeah, really. Of course, not until years later did I recognize the experience for what it was. But like every first love, it changed my life forever. You see, my father was a jazz musician, so our house was well-equipped with the best possible sound stuff. He and I loved to listen to music, just about any music available, at full volume, of course, and this my mother could not stand, which made it even more exciting. While my playmates roamed the hills of Hollywood, skinning their knees, I would lie on my belly in our living room, listening to music as loud as I could make it. One day, combing through our vast supply of records, I came upon Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. The name meant nothing to me, but I liked the colors on the cover, so I put it on the record player, turned up the volume, and flopped down in front of our huge speakers. Oh, strange, mysterious, discordant sounds flooded my body, opening a secret door to to somewhere deep inside me. I don't know, some mysterious inner world I'd never entered. Now, I didn't even know such a place existed. I trembled with fear and excitement, while Stravinsky's music continued to wind its way through my body. I flushed hot and then cold. My heart raced and then calmed. I lost all sense of place and time as I rode the waves of of an imaginal sea of sound into unexplored worlds, worlds too numerous to even name. Now, I have absolutely no idea how long all of this lasted. Eventually, even the, well, what I thought of as a boat that carried me along on vivid images began to dissolve like sugar in water. In a perfect union, the sounds and the child that had been me swirled into a vortex and became lost in each other. We shared the excitement, fear, longing, fierceness, and sadness. As lovers, we had come together, music and child, in an immediate, passionate, all-encompassing union. Eventually, I found myself at the center of this whirlpool. Then, even the ecstasy of the movement vanished. And like Alice down the rabbit hole, I tumbled, not into Wonderland, but into an experience of unspeakable stillness. (sighs) Zen practitioners claim that this experience is available to any moment to each one of us. For me, it was an indescribable event beyond space, time, beyond outside thought, Without the slightest possibility of ever being able to describe it, I knew that everything was as perfect as it was meant to be. In the words of Zen master Suzuki, in this place I would eat when I was hungry, I would sleep when I was tired, and I knew that, and I quote, it was fine yesterday and today it is raining, unquote. Later on, I realized, in the words of Julian of Norwich, I was quite sure that, quote, all things shall be well, and all things shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well, as she said. Okay, my affair with Stravinsky lasted more than four hours, at least that's what my mother said. She came and said to me, don't tell me you're still listening to that awful music. 
She had to raise her voice to be heard amongst the sound. For God's sake, she said, turn it off. Do something useful. So I did something useful. I went to school, then to university, where I learned at least some of what you're supposed to learn. I earned praises for top marks. I went to work. I won prizes. I gave birth to four children by four different men, raising them on my own. I wrote books and gave talks and led workshops and created products for programs and made television programs and so and so on and so on and so on. In effect, I did what millions of men and women do. I became the breadwinner, the carer, the nurturer of people's lives. Through all the years between six and now, my passion for music, painting, books, poetry, architecture, and movies has never left me. Far from it. During all of these years, the epiphany of emptiness that Stravinsky brought to me that day and the sense of absolute stillness has never faded. It's made it possible for me to create so many things as well as for me to explore new places and new ideas. It's invited me to move beyond thought many times towards a place of unity with the rest of the universe. All this continues gnawing at me. I suspect it'll never go away, just as the urge to breathe never goes away, no matter how long we try to hold our breath. But what I did not know, and this took me years to find out, is that the rabbit hole into which I'd unexpectedly tumbled at the age of six has been for millennia described by every culture and religion in the world in one form or another. Nor did I have any idea that at that moment in time, regardless of the circumstances of our lives, it is available to each one of us. To Zen Buddhists, this wordless, timeless space represents ultimate reality, that which can only be sampled through immediate experience. In Suzuki's words, for the sake of those critical experiences, Zen Buddhism has struck out on its own path, which through methodical immersion in oneself leads to one becoming aware in the deepest ground of the soul of the unnameable groundlessness and qualitylessness, nay, more to one's becoming one with it, he said. All I know is it is a state in which nothing is thought or contrived, longed for or expected. It reaches out in no particular direction, yet it knows itself able to handle the possible as well as the impossible. Concentrated, yet so expanded, too, such power is both purposelessness, and egoless. As such, it could be called truly spiritual. Why? Well, <clears throat> I believe because it's charged with an awareness that spirit is present everywhere. Because the cosmos is present everywhere, we too are present everywhere. We can have a direct experience of this and access the power that continues to create the universe itself. And we have full access to that power of creation to use it in our lives in whatever way we choose. Now, the Sufis call this state fana, the annihilation of your individual selfhood. When you experience fana, your everyday personality becomes 
well, how do you describe it? Transparent, perhaps. So the larger being that you are shines through. You soon become absorbed in an all-encompassing fascination for the moment. Life is lived in the now. Cutting-edge physicists speak of a holographic universe in which we live, but seldom access because we're plagued by endless mental concepts that blind us to so-called reality. This blinds us to the experience of samadhi, which is a, quote, non-dualistic state in which the consciousness of the subject becomes one with the experience of the object. This selfless absorption and total surrender of samadhi is characteristic of children when they're left alone to follow their instincts, but it's available to each one of us regardless of our age or condition. Honoring whatever brings you bliss in your own life, I find opens the door to it. That day when I lay on the floor lost in Stravinsky without recognizing it, I became conscious of what would inspire me most, the beauty of art, whether it be music, words, stories, sculptures, buildings, or what have you. Why? Well, certainly not because I had any idea that art was supposed to be valued as a part of grown-ups' culture. Not at all. I couldn't have cared less. After all, I was a kid who, when not entranced by what I was seeing, hearing, feeling, or touching, spent the rest of my day learning card tricks, wrestling with my huge dog, and trying unsuccessfully to sell packets of chewing gum which my grandfather gave me to neighbors' kids. Nope. I loved the beauty and the wonder of art in all its many forms because, unlike the world around me, with which I had little in common, It grabbed hold of me and would never let me go. It demanded of me both a submission as well as an active participation in the making of it. I now believe that my first love affair at the age of six became the harbinger for how I have lived my life. But what I did not know, and this took me scores of years to find out, is that the rabbit hole into which I had unexpectedly tumbled at that age of six has been for millennia described by every culture and religion in the world in one form or another. Nor did I have any idea at that moment in time that regardless of the circumstances of our lives, it's available to each one of us. Honoring whatever brings you bliss in your own life opens the door to it. Thank you for listening to the audio version of Sacred Truths Podcast, Natural Health and Beyond. If you would like to learn more visit us at lesliekenton.com.